Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Your Next Best Step podcast. I am Teresa Cantley, and I am your host, and I am joined today by the lovely, very funny, wonderful Mary Bicknell. Hopefully, I pronounced that right, Bicknell. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Um, I'm so excited to have you here. Woo, we're going to have a great conversation. This is going to be an amazing conversation. I met Mary this year in a program that we're in. And let me tell you, I feel like I've known this woman forever. I mean, she is going to drop so many like truth bombs and insights. And so you are going to want to get some pen and paper and just get a cup of coffee or tea or whatever you drink and listen to this chat because it is going to be amazing. And I just want to tell you, Mary, I, when I was doing some like reading on everything, my favorite color is green too. Is it? I love green. In fact, I mean, you probably can you see, I know you can see the audience can't see, but I have oh, my no, two. Oh, okay. Hi. Okay. <laughs> the two, I have two green velvet chairs back here. I love green. I yeah. love it. It makes me feel good. And I'm drinking my green drink right here. There you right go. Now. There you go. My, uh, my first business, um, my brick and mortar retail store, our colors were green and purple because my business partner's favorite color was purple. Mine was green. So yeah, but I read that. I was like, Oh, my favorite color is green too. Yeah. Okay. Look, look at all the stuff we have in common. Yay. And I also read, I, I read in your thing that you had a degree in um, interior design. I was like, wait, what? Cause you have, and we're going to get into this when we talk about your background, but you've yeah. got many degrees. So, I mean, amazing, amazing stuff. But before we get into that, I just want to, you know, introduce who you are. So Mary Bicknell, LCSW, speaker, author, podcaster, and former psychotherapist turned personal development coach and leadership mentor for women who want more out of life, out of life and out of themselves. And believe me today, when we talk, you're going to, you're going to totally get that. Um, Mary takes a stand for women choosing to be bold, showing up fully, grabbing everything, everything they want personally and professionally and doing so all unapologetically and guilt-free if I can read. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Awesome. Awesome. So let's get into your background. Like how did you get started? What is your, I mean, you have so many amazing things in your, in your background. I mean, just, I'm just going to pull out three that I was like, my jaw dropped. Number one, you marched in Washington, DC um, for yes. women's rights, which is right. like, unbelievable and right, like touches my heart. Um, you lobbied at Maryland, at the Maryland Capitol in Annapolis for hungry children, Yeah, which again, something that is near and dear to me. Um, and like this one really like, woof, you were in Oklahoma city during bombing and you yes. also helped on the trauma team, which is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, I mean, I was like I said, I was reading all these things. I was like, oh my God, not only is she so funny and so helpful and so like can just read people really well and just just knows like what they need, but you have this, these just amazing things that you've done in your life. So plus the fact that you have a beautiful girl, um, River. Yes. Yes. She is beautiful. Oh my God. She's getting ready to like, she's in 10th grade. I started crying in third grade. You're going to be moving out one day. And she's like, I'm only in third grade mama. But now she's in 10th grade. She's an inch almost, I think she's like two and a half inches taller than I am. She's like, uh, you know, a tall goddess, brilliant. Like she's so good. I like, I feel like, thank you, Jesus. You know, I mean, she's such an amazing, amazing girl. So yes, I'm happily married to my husband, my hunky husband, John, and we have this beautiful daughter, River. Awesome. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about, besides what I said so far, but tell us a little bit about yeah. your background um, and kind of how you got started um, doing the things that you do, because I know you've kind of gone through some iterations um, in your career, in your life. So tell us a little bit about I, it. It's kind of like what we talked about before we hit record, right? It's like this next evolution. I'm a big believer <clears throat> in being on the edge of your own evolution, being on the edge of your own evolution. And my brand is all about, um, how to lead a life uncommon, right? Being bold. Bold means stands for being a brave outgoing leader, deciding to write your own rules, 
lead a life uncommon, unapologetically and guilt free. And, and that was really like, there's so many moments. It's like, even you sharing, you know, that the March on Washington and lobbying and like, I have done a lot. And just like all of the listeners have done a lot. And I think what happens is we need to sit back and sit down and write those things out. Because when we have those moments, we're like, Oh, my God, I don't know what I want to do. It's like, shit, you probably lived a lot of lives. Like I've been married before. I've been single. I've lived by myself. I, I worked at Johns Hopkins. I've like, I've done a lot of things. And I think that sometimes what happens is we forget how talented and how capable and how amazing we are because life happens and then it's like you know like pack the lunch go to school the dog like the dog just went in the trash right before this call (laughs) you know and so i have done a lot of things and and i forget to be quite honest so thank you so much for sharing and doing some research and reminding me of those moments you know when i marched um in dc for women's right and it's kind of timely when I, if you're listening to this in real time you know there's recently some um some legal things going on in our country around women's rights and um and I I remember that so clearly. In fact, I remember, and it's probably because I have a picture somewhere. I have to dig it out and share it. Um, I had a London Fog emerald green coat on, and I was in my early twenties, and I bought that coat. It was like hundred bucks, and I felt like a rock star. So it's like you know, not only was I marching, but you know, it's also also these other things, these other moments that are telling and. I think the thing is, it's like so frequently we remember the negative things and our brain is designed to remember negative things. It's 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 biologically programmed to do this. And so when I work with my clients and I know, you know, this, too, because we've had other conversations, it's like, you know, when we're nervous about doing something, our brain defaults to the negative for the proof of you can't do this thing. You can't do it. What's designed to do that? If you know this on the front end, that it's designed to do that and then you remember, holy crap, I've done a lot of cool things, then you're more apt to do a lot of really cool things in the future. And so like we said before you and I push record, it's like I'm on the cusp, right? I'm on that edge of my own evolution. It's like, what's the next thing? And and gleefully, right? Gleefully, what's the next thing? And not from a place of like, oh my God, this thing is, I'm this doesn't work. Not from a bad place, but from the like, holy God, we are so capable of so many things. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be common. I want, I choose to lead a life uncommon. I choose not to be average. I choose, even in the face of it being difficult sometimes, I choose to live an uncommon life because why the hell not? Right. Why right. the hell not, sisters? No. Oh my God. So it's so great. So it's so true because you know we're given we're given one life. And as right. someone, um, I'm reading this book, um, uh, professional badass, um, professional, bad, professional troublemaker. I'm sorry, professional troublemaker. Um, and she says in there, so many people are walking around with their lights off. Yeah. They're walking around with their lights off. Don't even, they're just almost like robots. So there's very few people that actually turn their lights on and really start asking themselves, what is it that you want? Or what is it that I want? And then really choose to follow it. So it's totally true. I call it a floating head, right? It's like the floating head of to do. So it's like you've got this long ass list. And the problem is half those things on that list are for somebody else. It's not for you. And you and you said yes to those things. You gave a big ass resentful yes to them. And and you're doing those. And now you're now you're mad about it. Now you're tired. And now you have your crazy busy badge of honor on your left shoulder. Everybody take your right hand and pull that damn badge off. And you just become that floating head. And and before you know it, it's freaking it's before you know it, your kid is 15. And she's going to move out one day. Right? (laughs) Or before you know it, legit, this happened just literally the other day, my husband was taking a walk and he's like, I ran into such and such. And I was like, oh, okay. And that guy is younger than us. And he has a catastrophic diagnosis. And it's just like, oh, you know, so wherever you are in your life, you it's like, you're going to have these moments where it's the wake up call, right? And, and um, I wrote some poem, it's on my 
my website. I'll have to find it for you. But it it was it's called Wake Up. And it really is. It's like, you know, I'm very direct with people because I do. I want to shock you. I want to slap you out of your slumber. And I want you to stop being that floating head and get really connected with what you want. Because when you're on autopilot, years are going to go by. And, and that's personally my hell on earth, thinking mm-hmm. I've wasted time. Oh my God, that could make me just freak out and get like into a, a like a meltdown panic attack thinking about times in my life that I've, I've wasted. Now I try to, and I'm pretty successful at flipping things around and being like, well, thank God also that happened. I was just thinking about this the other day. Thank God I didn't have a kid with my ex-husband because I wouldn't be here right now talking to you, Teresa, being in this beautiful home, happily married to John with a beautiful daughter, River, if, because something would have been different, right? But at, during that marriage, I was like, why aren't we having a baby? Blah, blah, blah. But thank God that didn't happen. So you've got to like, you've got to be the kind of person I believe who seeks out the lesson, the benefit, the reason, like find it. That is, I think, um, part of the catalyst for you evolving. Mm-hmm. No, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of evolving, you, how did you go from getting a degree in interior design to become, so then becoming a psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. Then I think you did sales at some point. I mean, you like, how did you end up, like what made you switch from interior design to go and become a psychotherapist and also, you know, work at Johns Hopkins, but also work with clinicians now? Like what was that path? So, you know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid. I moved out before I graduated high school because it was crappy and living at home. And I always, you know, I always wanted to see what I was made of. And, you know, there was all these starts and stops, starts and stops, because you had to recondition, you have to recondition your thinking, right? Um, because I wasn't, you know, I didn't grow up with that, like, go be a millionaire, go make trillions of dollars, go like have a global consulting company, you know? (laughs) that was not my role model. And, but here's the thing, what I, what I know about my zone of genius is I am the kind of person that can take in reams of information and distill it, excuse me, to the quickest path to the goal, the quickest path to success. I am masterful and brilliant. And, and you see, I'm doing what I call a beneficial brag, right? I'm sharing and I'm claiming what I'm good at. All you women out there, start doing that for God's sake. But anyhow, what I'm really great that's at big, is- That's a big thing. Women don't do that. And we'll get oh to that. Oh my God. Go that's ahead. why I call it beneficial bragging. Um, you know, I, it's like once I really allowed myself to say, what the hell am I really good at? And what I'm incredible at is, like I said, taking in huge amounts of information- and I never feel flooded. I never feel overwhelmed with that with clients. But that that's a process. That's a way my brain works. So whether or not it was doing interior design, right? Here's like a $100,000 budget back in the day, which is nothing now, but $100,000 budget to redo a house to, and it's just like being able to plan an entire 5,000 square foot home or taking in people's ideas and synthesizing it into a very strategic, concrete method for accomplishing the goal. So whether it was interior design, whether it's when I was a behavioral trainer for 25 nursing homes all across Baltimore and being able to keep up with dozens, hundreds of clients and patients, that's just a skill set that I have. So back to the interior design, why I stopped doing that. <clears throat> that was in the 90s. And we had a recession and people were like, I'm not, and I started volunteering. I started volunteering with Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. And I, um, I just got to the point with all the volunteering that I was tired of working with people who were like, I don't know if I want to have a polka dot or a stripe and my third spare bathroom. It just didn't seem that important to me anymore after being in Mothers Against Drug Drivers. And by the way, I was not a mother at that time, but it was really close to my heart, alcoholism. Um, And so that was why. So I went back to school, I got a BSW. By the way, my BSW, in case you didn't know this, was from an all black college, Morgan State University. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so you know, it is, it's funny even rattling through these things. Um, And then I, I have a gra- I have a master's degree in social work and then became a clinician. So 
So now, meanwhile, when all this was happening, you know, I'm still an entrepreneur. I did have an interior design business at one time. And then I got involved in, you know, some direct marketing and selling. And then ultimately, and I had a private practice, um, but ultimately wanted to, you know, rely on myself. And I wanted to be an example to my daughter, River, and to all women, and this is who I am now, and this is the mission of my business, is to be the example of what's possible and to push you into being sovereign, being financially sovereign, being financially free as a woman, being emotionally stable, and frankly, having all the time to do whatever the hell you want to do. Because we are in, the, we are in a grind society, and I refuse to do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm very big on with my consulting clients, helping them get to a three day work week and still making great money, whatever that looks like for them, right? I have eight figure clients and I have clients who are like at a hundred grand. Um, it's more about the thinking and the method for creating the life that you really want. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, and, and I'm on the, I'm on the next evolution of my own business in my own life, you know, and, um, and it takes time to think about it. But as soon as I'm the kind of person, as soon as I make a decision, like, and I'm solid, like, boom, it's I'm done. So, you know, I launched my podcast, all the things. Right, right. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I was going to ask you, you're also a Girl Scout leader. I was a Girl Scout leader. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing, you know, it was just like, we're cute. talking about all these things that you've done. I'm like, wait a minute. You didn't talk about girls. You were a Girl Scout leader. <laughs> I was the homeroom mom for Rivers classes until middle school when you couldn't do it anymore from like pre-K. And then I was like, I started with as a Daisy mom and then we went to Brownies and then we went to Girl Scouts. And, you know, I, I didn't have that kind of, um, I didn't grow up like that. And, you know, so I am one of these people who are like, I'm going to give my kid everything I didn't have in life, you know? And my mom was not a hands-on mom. She was a, she was far from that. She was the the complete opposite of a hands-on mom. And I wanted that for River, but also for myself, you know, and transparently, you know, I wanted to have that as an experience and see life through the eyes of a child who was being raised in a healthy, um, you know, non-dysfunctional, a very healthy um, environment. And, and that was really important to me. And, but here's the thing. I probably was a terrible Girl Scout mom on many levels because my kid has a lot of energy. And I was like, can't you just help me out and sit still? Da, 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 da. And then those damn Girl Scout, those other moms. Okay, look, this would literally happen one day. So this one mom was supposed to run the meeting. Thank God I didn't leave. Just leave the kids there at the school or, and then we moved to a church because she didn't show up she went and got her hair done. And I was like, thank you very much for proving that I'm the better mom. You know, so sometimes <laughs> we need those moments, right? Do you, what, what do we all need as moms to prove that we're the better mom, the oh. better mom than you were, right? So that's so funny. Can you oh believe that? <laughs> I mean, to this day, to this day, I, if I ever run into that mom, I say it to her. I'm like, remember that time in Girl Scouts when you didn't show up? I, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go back to something that you had, um, that you had mentioned, because I find this a lot, I find this a lot with myself yeah. is that as women, um, particularly, you know, particularly women, it's like, we almost want to hide our accomplishments. Like we yes. don't want to put it out there. We don't want to, our accomplishments or even, cause I know I went through this for a while where my business was, was successful, yeah. but I hid it from people. I right. hid it. And, and I told, I actually would say, oh, you know, well, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really doing so great at this and, and not highlighting those accomplishments or the fact that it was success, because I don't right. know why, but in the back of my mind, I thought I shouldn't be doing this because that's not right if I brag about it or if it's not like, or, or say, I mean, I have a third degree black belt, you know, in martial arts. I didn't know that. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like to put that out there, like it's, you know, we hide those accomplishments. Why do you think, cause I know that's one of the things that yeah. you do, um, that bold, the brave yes. outgoing leader deciding to have more, um, yeah. I know that you do that with women because you've done it with me is getting people to say, and have that conviction. 
Yeah. Why do you think, why do you think women do that? Like, like well, it's obvious. I mean, and the, the, the real reason is, and thank you for sharing that you were, I didn't know that, you know, and it's funny, we'll have to have another conversation. Cause I'm like, I want to take a self-defense class. So, but <laughs> side note, side note, right. Uh, uh, <clears throat> um, and I was wanting the Girl Scouts to do that, but that's a funny, like connector story. Anyhow. So, and I taught you know, Girl Scout self-defense after 9-11. We had oh my God. Okay. okay. Yes. We'll have to have another, we'll have side, a round two note, of this. Side note. Right. <laughs> um, the obvious reason is that women are indoctrinated to like be subservient in our culture, right? That's the truth. And so, you know, I believe there's five blind spots and I, I teach, I work with clients around this and here they are. One is fear of judgment. That's the number one right? Our fear of judgment, our number one blind spot, and sometimes it's not so blind, and judging ourselves for speaking up, judging ourselves for wanting more, and then of course, worrying about Sally Sue, you know, trolls on the internet, or whomever, or our freaking sister, who's going to say like, oh my God, look at you, you know, who need look at you having a podcast, you know, who's going to listen to that? Like, we we fear that. And and again, it goes back to, you know, the bio, our biology on one level. One is, you know, our brain is designed to keep us safe. So it's if, if we quote, quote, brag, there's a difference between what I was sharing about a beneficial brag and even what you just shared. There's one thing about being that and there's another thing about being a snot. <laughs> when I'm talking to women about sharing their wealth of accomplishments, it's because one, I'm a believer we need to do this with each other as women. I want to hear the good stuff. I'm available for the bad stuff too, but I want to hear the good stuff. I think that the more we share about our accomplishments, the more women will have accomplishments. I'm a huge believer in that. And, you know, if you have a business and you're listening, how in the heck is your client going to really help make that decision if they don't know what the hell you can even do to help them? True. I mean, let's be in reality. You know, it's like my master's degree is in administrative and planning is an advanced one year degree. I was the only fellow in my college, like all these things, like these are small things that you can just weave in your authority. This is about authority building. And most women don't want to hold on to the authority. Now that's a whole nother thing. It's because they don't want responsibility. They've been told, don't be bossy, don't be bitchy, don't raise your hand, be quiet, be a nice girl, you know? And it's like all of these things. It's like, this is why in Lead a Life Uncommon, the program, it's about writing your own rules. Because right now, I bet you, you're living so much of someone else's rules. And I talked to River, I'm like, break some damn rules already. And she she's just not that personality, you know? But I'm like, just break a rule, just break a rule, you know? And occasionally she will. But so that's part of it. So we don't, and we poo-poo it. I call it the poo-poo effect, right? We poo-poo our accomplishments. Oh, well, you know, you know, I have a, I have a very success, I own two property, like we poo-poo. I was able in COVID to triple my income and I bought a house with cash. It's sitting on the river, my second home. Like we poo-poo our accomplishments or we poo-poo the smallest thing. Your hair looks good. I like that dress. I really, what color lipstick is that? Oh, you know, I got it on sale at Walmart, which, you know, then I'm definitely not buying it if that's where you <laughs> bought it, by the way. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm definitely not going to buy it there. But my point is, stop dummying down. Stop minimizing. Say thank you or share, share. And here's the thing. You know, it's like we're afraid of people's judgments because we don't want to be exiled from the tribe. Pick a different tribe. Create your own tribe. I, I get asked this question a lot. It's like, you know, if I'm successful, maybe I'm not going to have a bunch of friends. Guess what? There's a lot of us that are looking for friends. I'm very successful. And I have like, now that I'm in this new phase of life where with River, like she's good, I am literally making friends. And, and literally I reached out to three women locally and we're going to lunch, coffee, and do some shopping because I want to cultivate that. Now, maybe it's not gonna go anywhere, but you know, you have to look around in your life and you have to decide is what I have what I want. And here's how you can answer this question. If you have this niggle, if you have this nagging calling, this longing, this something that's saying there's more, 
most women, they tamp that down. They're like, I should be really happy because I have a big house and I make decent money and I have two kids and, you know, I have a golden doodle and da 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 da. And they minimize, they poo poo their desires, their wants. And I'm a believer that if you think about it, it's because you're supposed to do it. If you, we can want more without attaching that desire, meaning you have a shitty life. I want more because this is how we're designed also as human beings to evolve. Right. I don't want to be the status quo. I don't want to be average. I don't want to be common. I'm going to be uncommon. And sometimes it's lonely. Okay. But I'm making a, a new friend tribe, right? Like I have this other friend that I met online and you and I are becoming friends, but um, this other friend, I'm like, look, what I'm really looking for is I'm looking for wealthy girlfriends who don't have little kids, who, who if I was like, hey, let's go fly to like the spa this weekend and it's five grand, they're like, okay. They're not like, I don't know, let me ask my husband if he can babysit the children. Like I have zero, like, and it's okay. And if you're at a stage of your life where you have little kids, it's okay. It's okay for you to be having little kids and still want more. That doesn't mean you're a bad mom. So we have to start evaluating, I believe, on not minimizing our desires, sharing our wealth of abilities, and being good with wanting more and acknowledging that that's like part of being an evolved human. Mm. That was my long-winded um Love comment. that. Love that. <laughs> so kind of going along with this, and I know you've mentioned it um your program leading a life uncommon. Yeah. So tell me, because I know listeners are probably like, they're probably listening to you going, oh my God, how can I do this? How can yes. I do this? So what, or how can someone get started like now starting yes. to live a life uncommon? Well, you have to make the decision that you're willing to be the leader of your own life. That's first. And a lot of times women don't want that. They don't want to be the leader of their own life. And I'm here to tell you, you're already leading a life, whether it's one you like or not, you are doing that. I can look into your life and I can tell you what you're committed to by the results that you're having. Mm. And so you have to make a decision. Am I good with what I have or am I not? Do I want more or do I not? And here's the thing. The very first thing that, so first it's making that decision. I'm willing to be a leader in my life. I am willing to take 100% responsibility. And most of the time we acquiesce that responsibility to men, to our partner, to our husband, to a job, to a boss, to all these people. And I want y'all to stop it. Like take 100% responsibility. Because here's the bottom line. What you got right now, you've been 100% hundred percent responsible for. Now I get pushed back all the time. Like, no, you don't really understand Mary. Like such and such happened. Life happens. And yet yeah. how you handled it is the bottom line. So first you have to make that decision that you're willing to lead a life uncommon. You're willing to be a leader in your own life. And then you've got to get really serious and be yes to that desire and be willing to say no to all the BS in your life. Mm. And that's not easy. That is so not easy because it goes back to what we said, like, be the good girl, be the nice girl. Can you please bake, you know, 200 allergen free brownies for the church social this Sunday, even though you just wanted to sit around and like read the newest novel and you went, yes, and you gave a resentful yes. I want to encourage you that once you make the decision to, to take 100% responsibility for your desires and what you want, it becomes simple to say no to things that mean nothing. It means nothing ultimately. A lot of times people are like, well, I don't even know where to start. You know, yes, you do. Stop telling yourself you don't know. Stop lying to yourself that you don't know what you want. I, like it drives me crazy. I know you can hear the inflection change, right? It's like, <laughs> it drives me crazy when women are like, I really don't know what I want. That's a lie yeah. that you're telling yourself. So if you wanna know where to start, most of us know what we want, but if you really are going to chew on your own lie, I don't know what I want. Here's how to, to, to change that. Write down everything you don't want. Because by writing down what you don't want is clear what you do want. Mm. Here's some examples, right? I don't want to, I don't want to hustle and grind 70 hour work week. I don't want to be 20 pounds overweight. I don't want to drink wine every night. I don't want to be in this shitty relationship. Like whatever you're not, your things that you don't want, those are your guideposts for what you do want. Yeah. Now, the next thing is the hard thing, right? 
is deciding, oh my God, now I've got to do something about that. Because when you know that you know that you know, that's your moment. And see, most people are unwilling to do that. It's really? back to what we were saying about being asleep, right? Mm -hmm. Most people are unwilling to do that because, oh no, that means I have to actually do something. It's going to be uncomfortable. Most people don't like change. They equate that to conflict and negative emotional state. And and all of that's true. All of that is true. I'm not here to, to, to lie, to deny that it's uncomfortable. But what's the worst uncomfortable? That's the question. Is it harder to stay in that bad marriage with that extra 20 pounds? Is it harder to do that? Or is it harder to say, oh, I'm going to lose this weight. I'm going to figure out how I can be financially stable or which is, I mean, both of them are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You get to choose which one you're willing to live in. That's the, that's the, that's the differentiator. Mm -hmm. I heard one time, um, Bo Eason, um, I'm in his, his speaking program and I, and he said, it is harder to stay in mediocrity than it is to change for the good and, yeah. you know, to become the great, to become great. So yes. that goes along with what you just said. Um, and also what I also wanted to ask, cause you taught, you touched on, on some of this, as you were speaking, what do you think is the big roadblock that holds people back? The biggest, the number one roadblock that holds them back from doing this? Um, I think the biggest thing is, is it, it, it is, it's back to that fear of judgment. It's like saving face, right? It's kind of like, you know, how many people know they should not have gotten married? but you're standing at the altar in the white dress and there's 150 people behind you and you have crab legs for the like the hors d'oeuvre and all the things and and you're not going to walk away probably and then it's like 20 years later and you had three kids and you've been bitchy the whole time because you really wanted to like travel the world and and you know write a blog or whatever it is i think that the big the hardest thing is learning the skill of navigating saying this isn't what i want this isn't what I want. And dealing with the the blowback that that comes with. And it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth it. So this is what I want to give to you is like, what would life look like if you didn't have to worry about the, the blowback? What would life look like? What could you experience? How could you feel when you put your head on the pillow at night? So that's kind of the test for me personally. Like, are the things that I'm doing every day allowing me to feel proud of myself at the end of the day? And if the answer is no, then that's my roadmap for change. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so along in your journey, along the way, because obviously you got here, you've made mistakes, you've you know, oh my God. had things that didn't work. So what were the biggest lessons that you've learned along the way? And by the way, I pulled a quote. Um, I was trying to like minimize my screen and, and read <laughs> the quote at the same time, but I pulled a quote from your LinkedIn that I thought was very interesting. And it's, it goes along with what we were talking about. Um, it's common when you've built something to have a hard time taking your feels off the steering wheel. Yeah. So I thought that was, uh, I was, I read that. I was like, Ooh, that's like before, before we, you would go into maybe the, some of the mistakes that you've made kind of like explain that a little like, yeah. So that's, that's a quote, right. From one of my podcasts, right. A lead a life uncommon podcast. And it really is, is like, you know, we, we, so often we, we, we go through this state of life, right. Where we think we just want to feel happy right? And we want to, we're, we're expected, we're indoctrinated, we're conditioned as women um, to be in this state of just like, you know, the, the happy thing is driving the bus, right? This like, everything's fine. I call it delusional denial. So there was five blind spots. One was fear of um, judgment, fear of success, fear of failure. Delusional denial is another. And people, um, 
you know, people pleasing poison is, is number five. But what happens is, is we get into denial. So, you know, taking our like feel good off the steering wheel, like that is, that's that moment where you have to be willing to experience the discomfort. You have to, you have to be willing to experience people treating you, you know, not great, giving you pushback. Um, instead of living in that denial. So it's like that delusional denial, whether we want to call it the floating head or, you know, the busy, uh, crazy, busy badge of honor worthiness factor. It's like, that's that moment too, where you have to, um, you know, like let go, let go a little bit, you know, and get your fingers that those tight fingers that are grasping so hard to the steering wheel. Sometimes you just have to like, let go for a minute. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's funny because I just, we just got back from the beach and um, I, that is definitely something that came to my mind is that I need to let go a little bit. Like I need to let go and like, I mean, I have so much stuff going on and you're like, you know, I get, I I mean, I'm not immune from this and I get stuck in the, oh yeah, I'll take care of that for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'll do this. And so I, one of the things that I realized is I need to let go a little bit. And yes. Then, yeah. Take my well, hand. and also like, you know, the emotions drive in the bus, right? The, the feel, let go of your feels on the steering wheel. <clears throat> we have to recognize that, you know, that our emotional state is it, like we can, unless we're conscious of it, consciously cultivating an emotional state, we go through a, an, um, a, a flurry of emotions through the day right? Mm-hmm. And whether that's happiness or feeling sad or feeling frustrated, I'm disappointed, um, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overthinking, like all of these kind of things. So we have to be intentional that we're not just allowing just our random emotions that are like on the steering wheel driving it. Um, and I think this is one of the things to practice. And most women, <clears throat> excuse me, most people don't, they don't practice awareness because they are that floating head. They don't practice being intentional. They don't choose, I'm a leader today. And what does that look like? And so some of the things that I personally do is like, I make sure that I start my day, not in reaction mode, which means I never pick up my phone. Mm. I never like I when I say never, and it's I'm, although I try not to be black and white in my speaking, like all or nothing, all that I can say, Okay, let me say, like, I I am, like, I'm like, now I'm second guessing myself. Is it really never? I want to say yes, it's never. I never roll out of bed and pick up my phone and respond to something, ever. But also, just picking up my phone is, in a sense, acquiescing my power to something else, not Mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. So really think about where are you giving your power away? Who is influencing your emotional state for the day? How do you get anchored in and really solid and grounded in knowing what is possible for you and what you're capable of? And some of that is like kind of what you did in the beginning is like, like rattling off all the different things that you've ever done. Sometimes we just forget all that stuff. Mm. I like to have clients on their desk put, um, it's, a hundred successes and big or small and start writing them down. Most clients get to like number 25, 26, 27. And they're all like big, like I graduated. I don't even know cum laude. I don't even know any of that stuff, but like I graduated X, Y, Z, you know, or, you know, I'm married 20 years or, you know, I made $500,000. Like you're the best chocolate cake baker. Where's the, like your, makeup drawers organized where is that you you know said no to sally jane the nosy neighbor that they can't just show up whenever they want like we have to start looking at these other successes so that we can start really seeing what we're capable of Mm. yeah no definitely absolutely um so god there's so many insights here i'm like (laughs) i'm just talking i just i'm like (laughs) Um, that's why I said, everybody grab some paper and pencils. Um, all right. So what was, what do you think throughout your, your career and everything? And like I said, Mm -hmm. we all get to where we are, um, not by just constantly having success, but we also make mistakes and we learn lessons. Um, and being one of those people that is, is willing to see the lesson, um, and not just look at something and say, why is this happening to me? So 
what were the biggest lessons or mistakes that you've made that really got you to this point? Mm. Wow, that's such a huge question. Thank you for asking it. Um, you know, I've made so many mistakes. I think that the um, the biggest lesson for me around mistakes is not chewing my ass off. Mm. Like that's that to be quite candid has been the most challenging of all the mistakes I've made to overcome that and not immediately by default assign a mistake quote as quote failure like the fear of failure is one of the blind spots I was talking about that I work with clients around and I've redefined failure for myself I like I choose to have bloody knees I choose to have some scrapes and and it's because it's also logical sometimes I say you know to people like let's remove the emotion of it right now and let's look at the logic the logic and the reality is part of success is on the heels of failures you mm. you know you can't have you can't we're not born with I can't just like magically have a um you know a half a million a million dollar year business like that just doesn't happen it's like there's plenty of things I've screwed up there's plenty of but but are you choosing to be a person who says, oh, okay, well, that didn't work. Huh, okay, I'm glad I know that didn't work. What's next? Yeah. Can you be that woman? Can you choose to be the leader? And being that leader means being a woman who doesn't give herself a kick in the ass negatively. Like maybe a loving kick in the ass, so like, come on, girl, like get up this morning, go work. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, do you, how do you choose to look at failure? are you looking at it logically that th it is part of the process to success or are you assigning like now you something personal to it like you're just a you can never do this and nothing ever works out for you and blah 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 like there's two types of people one is called the internal locus of control this is a psychological thing internal locus of control and then there's the external locus of control you need to do an assessment of yourself all of you who are listening am i a finger pointer which would be the external meaning circumstances things outside of myself are the reason I have the life I have or are you the internal locus of control meaning are you able to look at yourself and say huh I'm the cause of the screw up or I made this mistake but not doing it from a place of bashing yourself like when are you finally going to love yourself and be kind and compassionate I think the this is the lesson that I've really been frankly working on for the past several years on a next level kind of thing yeah. where I I never again I'm using the word never I never beat myself up anymore and like that the mistake I guess you know to your question about mistakes it's like is it a mistake that you know it's like again if I have to turn this around which I do is like was it a mistake years of bashing myself I don't know because today I don't and now I can lead clients right and now I can be an example of it may take a while but you can get to that point where you you are your own best advocate you really care about yourself and that you can be gentle in, with your inner talk and I think so much of it also has to do with um deep reverence here's the here's what I really want to say about this is like and I want this for everyone that's listening and for you and for me to continue this like why do we not have the most the deepest reverence for all the former iterations of ourselves that have experienced failure or experienced hardship or mm -hmm. You know why are we not ex like giving deep reverence for that and for the woman who succeeded that former part of ourselves see when we can start giving ourselves this deep loving reverence for the things we've accomplished and the things we experienced and lived through that is the catalyst for true success in the future because if you can't do that for yourself today your tomorrow self will look back at your today and be mean as hell to her. Yeah. Do you want that anymore? No, I don't anymore. So I've done a lot of work around this. And this is the the deep dive, like psychological breakthrough kind of work that I love to do with clients because I believe strongly this is the true work of our life here is to honor like all of our gifts. 
mm-hmm. which include beneficial bragging about it, right? And and you know, really showing up and and failing, being willing to fail in front of people, and you know, being like, screw it, if they don't like it, you know, I don't like, and and being good with that. That's so, so powerful. And I think as women entrepreneurs, I think that's a big thing that holds, that holds women back. I mean, for me, my first business did not succeed. Yeah. And I, I know I beat myself up for that for years and there was really no, there was no reason because that taught me what I needed to learn to get to the level that I'm at now. Exactly. Yeah. That is like huge, hugely powerful. So, well, this has been an amazing <laughs> conversation. Yes. Like I said, I have been fiendishly taking notes and I know we're going to pull out lots of like amazing snippets, but before I let you go, I have a couple questions for you. Okay. Really quick ones. Yeah. Uh, what are you most grateful for? Mm. You know, I, that vacillates. And we this is what we do every night for dinner. We're, we always go around the table, what are we grateful for? And you know, it changes. But today, you know, what it's great, I'm grateful for is my health mm-hmm. and my ability to meet women like you and have these kind of conversations, like the real deal conversation, and, and be willing to, um, to share and not be guarded. You know, this whole time I'm just speaking truly to you yeah. and to everyone who's listening with no, like with no second guessing. So I'm grateful for, um, for my physical health and my mental health, my emotional health. Well, and it's great. You know, it's great to have conversations. I mean, I know every conversation I've had with you, you're always like super honest with me. And I love that because there are, are so many women out there that just either they're so afraid to say something because women just cut each other down so many times that you get someone. And and this was me for so long. It was like, I was afraid to use my voice because I didn't want to be criticized. And so it's so great to have, you know, these conversations with you, you can be completely honest with me and I can talk to you. And it's like, and we just have that, those, you know, that, that great, open, honest, and fun conversation. So, um, so I'm very grateful for that. (laughs) Me too. I love it too. And I know we can be that way with each other. (laughs) And here's the thing. I think that, you know, it, it comes with that moment of allowing ourselves to be that right. And, and being willing to take a chance on ourselves to be the real, our real selves. And then of course, being open and vulnerable to having a real conversation with each other and other women. And I know you're the same too, right? You're yourself with other people as I am. And when you have that magic moment, see, a lot of times women don't give that to themselves. No, they don't. I wanna hear, I'm here to say like, that's the, if you're doing that, then you're living the common Sally Jane life. The uncommon moments of life are like what we're having right now. Yeah. Where we're having real conversation and we're really going there and it's not a bunch of fluff and we're we're speaking from our hearts and our souls and we're willing to, to be our real selves because we've learned that our real self is so much better than the made up pretend self that we're putting out to the world. No, absolutely. Oh my gosh, totally. And being yourself and using your voice and having honest conversations, that's what's really going to make a difference in this world. Yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's going to make the positive change that we need to happen in in this world. So, um, who is, has been your biggest inspiration? How do you define inspiration? You know, it's like, who is, let let me like, um, Probably. So if I had to say inspiration, it would definitely be my my family, right? My husband's a retired lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps and his work ethic is so phenomenal. I aspire to be like him. Um, but I think the most influential person in my life has been my mother because she gave me, um, you know, the construct of who I want to be and from the lens of what I don't want. And it's kind of the exactly what I gave as an example earlier on how I work with clients, like, you know what you want, start with what you know you don't want. And that's kind of how I had to, that's how I kind of um, grew up. It's like, you know, I know I don't want that. I know I don't want to be that kind of mom. I don't want to, so sometimes that's the place to start. So I think she certainly has been influential in in ways that she would never even comprehend. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Uh. Well, this has been an, a, like I said, this has been a, a tremendous conversation and I am so grateful um, 
that I got to interview to you today and introduce you to my audience. Yes, thank and, you so much. Um, I hope that I know you have a podcast, Lead a Life Uncommon. Yep. Um, so when do your episodes come out? So Monday, it's Biz Bites Monday, um, where you get a little business tip to start your week off, right? And then Wednesday, it's all things deep dive into personal development. Um, and so I know you all are listening, go over there right now. And I'm so pumped because it did hit number 30 in entrepreneurship, which was like a big freaking deal. I about freaked out because I was like, I was crushing some of those, those named people. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and also like, uh, go to the show notes in that, in that, and it's uh, marybicknell.com slash gifts with an S on the end. And, and I, you know, it's like all this stuff. So I have a couple gifts for people to dig into all of their thinking because that's the real work, right? That's the, that's the fun. On juicy work. Absolutely. And I actually downloaded one of those today. I oh, did you? that link. Yeah. Um, where else can people find you if they want to learn more about you, work with you, um, you know, have a great conversation with you and like, where can they find you? Yeah. So definitely pop over to Instagram. So the whole thing with Lead a Life Uncommon, the podcast, well, first listen to the podcast and grab the, the, those gifts. Um, but I have to tell you, and this is like in real time. It's like I am starting to like use Instagram. Like I'm I'm a master of Facebook, but Instagram is for the first time. This is about that growth thing we were talking about. It's like I'm using that to really show behind the scenes. I'm a private person, so it's like you know, there's my Halloween decorations, or here I am hiking, or what here I am speaking on stages, or what have you. Um, and so I'm looking forward to having different conversations with people over on on that social, and then of course LinkedIn. Like I'm I'm all over the place. I'm definitely yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. And you have got to follow Mary and check her out. Um, definitely listen to her podcast. As I said, I mean, every time I have a conversation with you, I I laugh, <laughs> I get so much clarity and I get off the call and I'm like, oh my God, like she was right. Like she gives you that kick in the pants that you need to do yeah. the things that, you know, you really want to do and to really like keep asking yourself, what is it that I want? Because, you know, we're only given this one beautiful life. And I lost my best friend and my business partner in February. And that was one thing that she did and I'm continuing, I promised her I would do um, before she died is to build that legacy. I mean, she yes. built an amazing legacy and I'm, you know, she always wanted me to continue and, and really use my voice and that's what I'm doing. So beautiful. Thank you so much, Mary. Um, like I said, this has been an honor um, and just, I mean, just so, so grateful that you were able to join me today. Yay, Teresa. Thank you. I love our conversations. Wonderful. All right. Well, until next week, have a great rest of your week, everyone. And I will see you soon. Bye now.